Hey there, you're welcome to Founders Connect, a show where I have conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and operators in Africa. This is the right show for you to be listening to if you love behind the scenes stories about people, their careers, and not your businesses. My name is Pissy Timmy, and I'm very, very, very delighted to be your host. You can follow this conversation on social media, hashtag Founders Connect. You can watch the video of each episode on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect on YouTube to find the playlist. Also, please share this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, leave a rating, and you know, share it, hashtag Founders Connect. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, you're welcome to another episode of Founders Connect. Here I have conversations with entrepreneurs and operators of amazing startups in Africa. Today we're speaking to the chief enabler. That's what you call yourself, right? Yeah, <laughs> speaking to the CEO of Kudigo. Hi, Kinsley. Hi, Pete. How you doing? Well, I'm great. Yourself? Me too. I'm good. I'm excited to have you here. Learn yeah. about you and the company and everything else. Cool. Let's get to it. <laughs> okay. So Kinsey, tell me about yourself. Tell me what was growing up like for you. Who are you beyond Kudigo? Well, so I'm a full-blooded Ghanaian. So um, born in Accra, um, grew up in Accra. Although I'm from, um, traditionally I'm from the eastern part of Ghana, mm-hmm. um, the eastern region. I'm the first child of my parents, but I have other siblings, step-siblings. Oh, okay. Um, I really say that I grew up in very modest upbringing in the sense that I went through the normal public school system in Ghana so you know all that kind of stuff and then went through senior high school and then after that had to get a job because you know you know how this thing (laughs) yes though yeah so yeah so my upbringing really I never at any point in time saw this as a path for me in fact my plan was that I'll go to school I'll become a pilot I have a beautiful wife, I have two kids, one house, retired, like it was all worked out. And then boom, here I am, you know, <laughs> trying to save the world. So that's a bit about me, I mean, yeah, basically. Amazing. How did, how did Kudigo start? Kudigo started really as a plug-in. Because um, at that time, my first company, um, we basically were building software for businesses. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, the team will go out and people will say, you know what, well, can you give us a retail software? Can you give us a payment software? And when you charge them, they're like, dude, I can't pay this amount for the simple thing like that. So we figured, can we build a plugin that they can use to plug into any solution to do that? Right. But then we quickly realized that if you want to build anything for retail, it has to be within an African context. So building just a plugin will not work. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Kudigo journey started, trying to figure out how we can use software to impact retail in Africa at the last mile and focusing on those who really matter. So that's basically how... I mean, so tell me like the, the backstory, give me a lot of context into that very early journey. How so, did you find your team yeah. or the first steps that you took? Well, my team, so my co-founder and I, um, we've been working together for almost eight years now. It's a long time. Um, yeah, very long time. We met um, at MEST, um, which I'm probably if you're pretty familiar with. And um, so back then, I mean, he did zoology in university, so he was never cut out to be a programmer. <laughs> I mean, I did network engineering. So, I mean, after MES, I mean, we were working together on projects. But then when Kudigo started, um, we sort of took it from our own learnings in the sense that Kudigo is my third business. So I, oh, know, okay. I know what failing means like. I know what having a big ego meant for an entrepreneur. 
So when I started Kudigo, we said that I said, look, we are going to first listen to what the users really want. Mm -hmm. Luckily for me, my grandma, who unfortunately passed away a month ago, was that. around. She had a retail store, so she was my typical use case. Because mm. she's run this retail store for over 40-something years. But there was a time when she wanted a facility from a bank, and they gave her a very outrageous interest rate, wow. which got us thinking, why can't you give this woman who you know a very easy loan that she can actually buy inventory like Kingsley. She came here with a stack of books. We can't bank with books. We need very mm. data. So that sort of began the journey where the team said, before we even write a single line of code, go to the market, sit down with them. So my co-founders and I, each one of us spent almost six months in the markets in Accra, even sometimes in Lagos, just trying to learn from these markets women, trying to understand why are you still writing in books as of 2017? Mm -hmm. Is it that there is no software out there? Is it that you don't want software? Don't you know people are stealing from you? So these learnings made us understand that first of all, the solution we have to build must work for them. They shouldn't have to relearn what they already what you know. know. Yeah. We must also include their staff. But the owners are always not there. So mm -hmm. the staff don't feel involved in the whole process, mm -hmm. they wouldn't bother even doing the input. And then finally, we need to connect every other potential solution they will want to use. So for example, mm -hmm. accepting payment, um, doing accounting, maybe doing e-commerce. Could you go storefront must be able to be the central point where all these tools can plug in. So that's how we thought about the product. That's how the team came together. And today, I think it, it's been a great journey so far. Amazing. So what has been like the traction, the successes so far? Well, I mean, COVID was good luck for us. <laughs> yeah, good luck for One us. One of the few people that would yeah. say that. I mean, from a revenue perspective, we went like down. Right. Because at the time COVID hit, we were catering for informal retail, brick and mortar stores. Mm. So when COVID hit and there was lockdown and all that, they actually shut down their business mm -hmm. and nobody was going to pay for software. But then what we realized was that after that time, we had digitized over 6,000 businesses. Mm. We had their inventory, we know what they were doing. So the logical step was to turn that offline inventory into online inventory mm. and get them on that full 360 digital journey. So post-COVID, today we are, I mean, working with over 13,000 retailers. From 6,000 to yeah. 13,000 yeah. in a year? In a year, you know. And we are processing, I mean, we just hit a million transactions about a month ago. And month on month, we are doing almost over 70,000 transactions. Now, let me put that in context. As at 2018, when we raised that seed round, we had 800 retailers and we're doing just around 400 transactions a month. Mm. And so in two years, growing that to about 70K transactions a month. That's it's, huge. It's huge. And we love that cycle. The fact is that these retailers are using it for their own purpose, not for what we want we them to yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes the, the sort of the onboarding really seamless. Once they get the value of it, I can manage my expense, I can check who is buying from me, I can get my customers, I can request new stock. Like it's like their own personal assistant in their pocket. Mm -hmm. And wherever they go, they know how their business is faring. So so far, I can tell you for a fact that right now, our business, our product is in a good place because of the merchants. They have actually helped us to get this far. Amazing. So give some of us context for those of us that don't, that don't in the Guardian market or don't retail. Um, how does Kudi go work? Is it an app? Is it a hardware? Is it a web app? How, how do your customers actually use the product? Okay, so Kudi Go is the company. Mm -hmm. Okay, the, our, our lead product is Kudi Go Storefront. Right. We currently have three products. We mm -hmm. have the Storefront, the Rapid Gate, and we also have the Storefront Mall. Now, Kudigo Storefront basically is a retail business suite. 
mm -hmm. for retailers, anybody doing buying and selling, whether mm -hmm. it's a fiscal product or oh, a service oh, product. Right. Okay. What it does for you is it helps you manage your inventory, it helps you manage your sales, manage your customers, accept non-cash payments. Literally, everything you do in your retail store, mm. Go Storefront can do it for you. Mm. It sits on your Android app, it sits on your desktop computer, it sits in the cloud for you as well, and connects to all other platforms that you want to connect to. So whatever you are doing now as a business owner, when you're thinking of software, think Go Storefront. Because mm. it's designed specifically for you. Mm. It works offline first. So whether there's mm. data or no data, you can, you can still, still use it, which was very right. important for the market we operated. Right. And Rapid Gate, basically what it does is, after you digitize retail, you go up the value chain, you have distributors. How do you ensure that when there is low stock rate, distributors know and can actually dispatch them? How do you ensure that there's less cash floating between distributors and retailers? Mm. So Rapid Gate is a distribution management system that connects the distributors to the retailers. Right. To ensure the seamless flow of stock and everything is transparent. And has traction for that product like that. That, that product actually is also growing very steadily. Currently, we have, I think, about 400 distributors on the platform. And the interesting thing about distribution is that you have one distributor probably um, think of the entire maybe East Lagos mm. zone or the entire maybe Keja zone in Lagos, mm. right? So it, you don't really want the mass, you really want those You want the big, major uh, ones. Exactly. Once you get them, you are easily able to do that. Right. Now these two come together and then on top of it is what we call the storefront mall. Now you know how a shopping mall is, right? Mm -hmm. You walk in, you can buy from any shop. Mm -hmm. With what we've built is a marketplace where you can go on our storefrontmall.com platform they can buy from various stores. Right. So you have the storefront, which is for the retailers. You yeah. want to be able to manage your business offline and online, use the storefront. Distributors want to be able to connect to retailers more easily. They use the, the, rapid, the gate. rapid gate. Now, consumers who would typically would then buy from the retailers and you probably buy from like five different retailers. You can go to like the marketplace and basically like just so you've basically built products for across the value chain from exactly. distributors to retailers exactly. to consumers. Exactly. That's amazing. Exactly. That's amazing. So like you mentioned when you were talking about your journey that you had built two businesses before. Um, do those businesses fail? And if yes, oh, first of all, answer the question first. How did those two businesses go? The first one, major failure, man. Like major, major <laughs> no failure. No wonder you laughed. Yeah, because like when I think about it, I realized I was, and I think it's a journey everybody goes through, right? So my first business, that was, so at that time, I decided to quit my job because I had this crazy idea I figured I could create probably um, an, a freelance marketplace where I could put people together and then we do software work and then we get gigs and stuff like that. I wrote a business plan, went to pay to investors, they told me the idea was crap, I should stop it. I said, no, you know what you're talking about. I took my entire savings, rented a big office space, put people in there, let's start working, six months down the line, no money, we have to shut down. I was literally broke. Wow. I had to go back, go find a job again. <laughs> then, you know, because... I mean, <laughs> like you said, the entrepreneurship life is not for yeah, me. Yeah, you know. But then what that taught me was that, I mean, so after that journey, I then went through MEST and I started to revive that business again. Okay. But this time around, I understood the fact that, I mean, you need to make money. It's not about the idea or how grand it is. You need to make money. It has money. to be a business model. It, it has to be a business model. It's yeah. as simple as that. And people must want the solution. Not what you think they want. They must want it for their own reasons. So that helped me resurrect that company, and by the time I exited it, we were making over 100k US in revenue. Yeah, so Amazing. that was a good learning experience. So when you say exited, did, they, did the company get acquired, or you just like, okay, no, I want to go business? Yeah, I, I guess I just sold out my shares and then walked out. Because at that point, again, I had another great idea that I thought was <laughs> gonna do great. 
So going through MEST, we, my team and I once started a weekend. Was it 2013? Yeah, we once started a weekend at Accra. And we figured like, okay, this is the next big thing. We are the next, you know, Shopify or whatever it is, <laughs> right? But then I got my first investor. The investor sat me down, asked me, Kinsley, um, I want to write you a check. What should I write on the check? So write it in my name. It's like, why your name? I'm like, well, it's me. It's my business. At that point, we don't register the company yet. Mm. We're looking for investors. And that idea, the team had so much ego within us. So everybody wanted to be the CEO. Like mm. the title was so important for all of us. So fast track, the product never actually left the shelves. We kept developing for almost two years. <laughs> never shipped the product. And that also failed terribly because of team dynamics. Mm. So after that, I mean, I went back to my other company and then started doing more consulting on the side. And then here we are with Kudigo. Amazing. So what lessons have you learned from all of these businesses? The one that you exited that was successful, the ones that has failed, that you're taking in what you're building now, Kudigo? I think one thing I've, I've learned is that failure is good. Mm. Because once you fail, you you have more experience than those who never tried anything before. Mm -hmm. Okay. But also, do not make the same mistake twice. Add on that, and what do you really, like, really trying to do? So fail, but fail quickly, and just try to move on with your life because life goes on. Build a product that makes money. Even if it's making you $1, it's money regardless. And always look at what the bigger picture is. When we started Kudigo, we always knew from the get go that Ghana was not our biggest market. So we started making inroads in Nigeria. Today, Nigeria is our biggest revenue market, hmm. although Ghana is where we are based. So try to think about it like, okay, Five years from now, where do you see the business going? Even if it's lofty dreams, it's good to have that. Because that will guide you as you build the product, as the product evolves. You know exactly what to build, what not to touch. And don't try to be everything for everyone. Kudigo mm. is not a payment processor. Kudigo mm. is not what a delivery logistics company. We are a retail business. We offer retail solutions. But then you can also do payments. You can also do delivery. We just work with partners. Mm. So focus on what you're good at. Be known for that and be open to partnerships. No one can steal your idea. They mm. can steal it, but they can't execute the way you execute it. Mm. So for me, that's the lessons I have sort of learned and keep going with as I go on this journey. Amazing. So when you were talking about Kodigo initially, you mentioned that COVID was a good thing for you guys, right? <laughs> um, and there was, first of all, revenue dipping, yeah, but was. then you guys were innovating and then now yeah. your growth is like spiking up. What are ch other challenges, like pivotal challenges, has Kodigo gone through in the last couple of years? That you somehow managed to innovate or the ones that you're like okay this was a mistake it failed and then we went on to keep doing other stuff on the company i mean i think one of the things is that um people right because um, as you grow you need to get more people and mm -hmm. be able to sort of i mean delegate a lot and that's one thing i mean we failed at doing a couple of times not because we didn't try it's just because at some point we put um square pegs in round holes mm. right and you know when people get this idea about I'm well to be the startup is all lofty ideas but actually a lot of hard work happening down there mm -hmm. so our people's skills in terms of being able to get the right talent in have been a big challenge for us and we try to correct that by having a very big internship program mm. and bringing people in new once we see that you have the potential we bring you in full time and then we give you stock options and all the things that make you feel like the business is yours right so today Kudigo is not owned by just me there are about 13 or 15 people who own a stock in Kudigo mm -hmm. and they are all just employees and that's what we feel is the good part for us. The other thing too is to not be in a fundraising spree for too long because mm. what I realize is that most entrepreneurs are all caught up in this whole fundraising stuff. I mean we love what pay stuff that I've done like it makes you feel good yeah. but I want to tell people that look entrepreneurship is like football. You have the EPO, 
you have the Ghana Premier League. Mm. We are all good footballers, but not everybody will come and see Ronaldo. Mm. So just try to understand where you are based and try to know what you can and cannot do. If you are able to harness the little growth you have and keep showing progress over time, it might take you 10 years. It took Inter Switch, what, 10 years to become a unicorn? Mm -hmm. Took for how many years? <laughs> so it's, it's way it's, less than exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, just understand where you're positioned and focus on that. Once your business is there for 10 years, you are doing something good. Regardless mm -hmm. of what the price is. Yes. That's just, a sustainable business. Exactly. So that's one thing we've tried to incorporate at Ligo that today, if I'm not there, the business goes on. Mm. But doesn't revolve around me. Mm. I'm just one person. There are a whole lot of people and processes that ensure business can scale as we go. Yeah, amazing. Have you guys raised funds? Yeah, we've raised um, two rounds and we've raised almost over a million dollars um, so far. Uh, we are not actively fundraising, but we will take money if you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like uh, I mean, that. we are actually working towards a, a Series A round um, in the coming few months. But like I said, we don't like to be in fundraising mode. We rather want to make a revenue. Execution work, I mean, yeah. and just see that we are growing at the pace that we believe we should grow at. Yeah. But of course, I mean, we'll raise some money very soon. And maybe we'll become a flutter wave. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you seem very in touch with the Nigerian market. When you mention, oh, um, distributors can be like in Accra here, but in Kedja, and you mentioned Pista, like mentioned flutter wave. Um, what are, is, is Kudigo planning to like move into like the Nigerian market? And what differences or similarities have you seen between like the Ghanaian market and the Nigerian market? Of our over 12,000 merchants we have on our stock platform, 80% are Nigerian based. Amazing. We have retailers in Abuja, in, um, in um, Enugu. Enugu is one of our biggest markets actually <laughs> across Nigeria. Port Harcourt, you know, Kano. You know. How, how did you guys do that market entry? Yeah, that's the interesting part. So prior to us even launching our first beta product, I had taken over 12 trips to Lagos. Mm. You know, just trying to understand the market, trying to understand the dynamics there. And by the time we launched, we realized that, look, Nigeria is not Ghana. Like, mm. Nigerians will pay for software if it works for them. Canadians will say, oh, can I try it for free? Can I do something like that? Nigerians want tomorrow's feature three days ago. Mm. So they are always trying to, I mean, think ahead of the curve. But then if we wanted to screen Nigeria, we couldn't do it with our own risk. We're a startup. Mm. What we did was build a very strong reseller network. Mm. Because we saw there were already these small um, accountants, people were already helping these retailers in the market already. So we trained them. We trained, currently we have over um, 80 resellers across Nigeria. And they go out and implement a solution on our behalf and take a conversion for it. So our Nigerian sales has been strictly on reseller basis. Mm. We have an office in Lagos. We have a team in Lagos who support that business. We have our Nigerian team is Nigerian based. They are all Nigerians, and mm -hmm. that's what we believe in. So our growth has been based on that reseller plan. And Nigeria is our biggest market. I love Nigeria. Even for COVID, I was still being Lagos. <laughs> I only came because of COVID. But yeah. honestly, Nigeria is a great place. Challenges, yes. I mean, there was a point when the lockdown came, our security guards at our office stole our fuel and placed it with water. <laughs> like, it, it, I'm not kidding you. Like, you know, we went there and it was water. And, and I was coming at my friends were like, ah, you didn't know. Like, this shouldn't be a surprise to I... you. Right? So, Nigeria will give you some, some great, a lot of rude shocks. But trust me, business wise, Nigerians understand business. Mm -hmm. And for a product like what we have, Nigeria is the place to grow and show real traction. Amazing. So you so you so you started in Ghana but found like another market and decided to focus on that market. Mm -hmm. Are there any other market opportunities you're seeing now for your business? Is there Kenya, is there South Africa? They are like, okay, Ghana might still not be able to get to that place where Nigeria market is for us right now, but there's another market that will probably do it for us. 
Yes, yeah, so we're currently doing pilots in Kenya and Rwanda as well as um, Ivory Coast and maybe Benin sometimes. <laughs> um, with South Africa, so one of our biggest partners is the Standard Bank Group. And we are working with them to currently scale up across South and Africa, which one market they are in. Mm. So South Africa is part of our strategy that we want right. to go there, but through Standard Bank, it's what we're looking to do. But currently, hopefully by end of year, we want to be in Kenya, in Rwanda, and at least one Francophone West African country. That's amazing. I mean, you sound very experienced, obviously, because you've built a business, <laughs> failed woefully, built another one, exited, built another, didn't really go as well, and then built Codigo. So my last question for you is like for aspiring entrepreneurs, right? I think most of the people that watch this show, we have entrepreneurs who are watching and like, oh, I want to just learn from my peers and see their journey. But it's also like a lot of people who are like, I want to be like these people, right? I want to work in their companies or I want to work in build my own companies. What are your tips for these two set of people? Those who are like, I'm looking for amazing startups that I want to work in, but I don't know how to go about building a career in tech. And for those who are like, at some point, I would like to be a founder like this guy. What would you say to them? So for those looking to work in startups, I mean, send me an email, kinsleyakudigo.com, right? I'll give you a job. Shoot your shots. You know, but I mean, <laughs> basically, I think working in a startup, you need to come in with an agenda. Mm. An agenda for yourself and for the business. Because mm. startups will literally like push you, at least we will push you mm. out of your comfort zone. And if you take it as it's being that, okay, we're overworking you, then you don't get it. Because mm -hmm. by the time you leave Kudigo, you should be able to fit anywhere else. And that's what I always try to give to people I work with. Mm. At Kudigo, we are not a family, we are a team. Mm. And that is very important because families will just see your feelings and say, oh, don't worry, you're my brother, I won't mind you. Mm. But teams work with each other so that we can get better. And that's mm. what we focus on at Kudigo. In terms of entrepreneurs, look, if it, were, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. Right? None of us can be a Jeff Bezos. Okay, but you can be that Jeff if you actually put the work to it. You are going to be broke. Your friends will leave you. Your girlfriends will leave you. I mean, a lot of things will go wrong, but a lot of things will go right. So just understand that. Go in with a clear mind. It's a business. It's not a hype thing. It's a business. Go in as a business person. Do what you can. Feel often. Don't make mistake twice. And last, last, Charlie, we all be fine. You know, it's, it's never that deep. But yeah, I mean, do you? And if you want to be like me. There's only one Kingsley, but it's also only one you. So mm. just focus on that. Take what you learn from me, add it to yours, and maybe I can come to your party when you get one. <laughs> Amazing. I know I said that was the last question, but I'm curious. What, who, which people would you say have made the most impact in your life and why? Ah, or or why are you and how? This to me? <laughs> why are you doing this to me? So one, I have a lot of um, people I look up to. One, a few of them is um, Akim Lawal. He's one of the um, founders of InterSwitch. Mm. I mean, um, I look at Akeem and I see myself in him in a lot of ways. Mm. Or oh, rather, him. God, so don't mean <laughs> me. In the sense that when you look at the story of industry when they started, it was really, there was nothing like ATM machines. Like, it was no mm. belt. But they kept at it and kept going and mm. always focused on building that thing. So for me, that sort of entrepreneur is one I aspire to emulate in its footsteps. Aside that, one other person I also look up to a lot is um, my board chairman um, at Kudigo. He's very unassuming. I'm sure he'll query me for mentioning him here. <laughs> but in the sense that like, he's very practical with what he does. He's process-oriented. So although I claim to be CEO and founder, he queries me every now and then because he believes in processes. Mm. But any day, he understands that as young people, we take risks. And he will let you take those risks. Some old people will feel like, oh, this is how we used to do it. 
to do is that when things are changing, you need to adapt. Adapt, to that. yeah. So these two persons, I've sort of, I look up to them a lot. I don't think they know it. Okay, now they'll figure it out. <laughs> but I think they help me sort of think through the things I'm doing and figure out whether what I'm doing is right or wrong. If it's wrong, I'll still do it anyway, but that's what entrepreneurs do. But I know that the consequences are mine and mine alone. Mm. So those are two out of many. I mean, the others, I mean, that hopefully you won't kill me. <laughs> Aside work, right, who would you, how would you describe yourself and what would you say is your wildest dream? Ah, my wildest dream. I still want to be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe not fly corporation. Like, I don't want to fly with me. But yeah, <laughs> I feel one of the things I want to do is learn how to fly a plane and buy my own plane. Uh -uh. But not the ones that are too expensive. Like, you know, the small ones, <laughs> like, I, you know, park in a so small garage. But then I also want to get an, a master's from MIT. So why Not MIT it. and why, why, I mean, you're already a successful entrepreneur, so why just don't... MIT because of Big Bang Theory. Ray <laughs> 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 Sheldon just kept reading on Howard's parry. I'm like, you know what, I want to go to school Howard went to. But I feel that um, as an entrepreneur, I mean, I personally, I think I'll, I'll, I'll resign from Kudigo in the next five years. I've been saying that for a long time. Mm. And Kudigo actually take care of me, or it's been that successful back then. Mm. But then after Kudigo, the next thing I want to do is go into um, IT security. And I feel MIT is the right place sort of on those skills at. So that's one of the things I'm go to MIT, get that master's or whatever it is, and probably I mean start something else and go from there. Aside that, I also think I can be a musician. Yeah. <laughs> My friends don't think I can sing, but I know. But I can you sing. believe in yourself. I've, see, I've been singing and I can feel the vibe, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you have money, you can actually do anything, right? So, I need to make that if money. If you have money, you can actually okay. do anything. Get that money, buy my record label, buy my backup singers. Buy everything, yes. You know what, I think that's how I'm going to end this video, because I just can't think about how I need to make money so I can do anything in my life. I can buy a jet, be in paradise, go to school. Amazing. It was a pleasure, like, speaking yeah. to you and learning what Maybe you guys are building at Goodwill. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast to the end. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope that you have been inspired or motivated to get better in your careers, in your businesses, in your life. I hope this, you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you subscribe to the videos on my YouTube channel at PCTME or just search for Founders Connect and you'll find the playlist and then subscribe to the channel. Also, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a rating also so more people can find it and also talk about the episode that you listen to. Hashtag Founders Connect across social media. Hey, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.